Hello, this is Josh Christman, pastor of the Anchor Church of Cambridge, located in Cambridge, Ohio. I want to say thanks for tuning in today. I hope this podcast inspires you, encourages you, and helps you to live the life that God has called you to live. Genesis chapter 22. Hannah, I need your help up here for a moment. Nothing major. She's my tech master. Amen. It's good to see you all. of the Lord. It feels like it's been forever. Wow. Thank you. God is so good to us. Has he been good to you? So good to us. Even when we don't deserve it. He's faithful. faithful. His mercies are new every morning. When the sun comes up, it's it's an expression of his love. Come on, of his faithfulness that it's a new day. Somebody say it's a new day. When that sun begins to barely light I light the outside and wakes me up every morning I I can't get past it amen it wakes me up and as soon as I crack my eyes open I think thank you Lord one more day amen somebody say thank you Lord I don't know where you're at today I don't know what you're facing I don't know what life has thrown your way but I can tell you this He's faithful. He always comes through. He never fails. Elbow your neighbor and tell him he never fails. He's never failed me yet. Man, I just feel a deep gratitude this morning in my spirit. Does anybody else feel that? Just a a deep, deep gratitude and thanksgiving what he's done in my life. Amen. Why don't don't we just one more time lift our hands and just give God our heart today. Go ahead. If you want to let some tears out, go ahead. If you want to let some cries out, go ahead. It's worth it. Amen. He's worth our praise. He's worth our emotions. God, I've saved something back for you today. I love you this morning. God, I'm thankful, Jesus, for all that you have done for me. If it had not been for you, Lord, in your intervention in my life, I would not be here this morning. And I'm thankful, Jesus, that you gave me another chance. Come on, I'm thankful, Jesus, that your faithfulness shined through. I'm thankful, Lord, today. Whew, man, I'm a blubbering mess. Praise the Lord. It's good to have Mablin with us this morning. 
way from Oak Hill, West Virginia. Why don't we welcome her? Had the pleasure of meeting her in, excuse me, Lewisburg, West Virginia. We preached a fellowship meeting of uh, the section. I couldn't tell you what the section is, but it's in deep West Virginia way down in the hills, and so we're glad that you're here this morning, good to see you again, amen, you ready for the word, praise the Lord, Genesis chapter 22, and we will read Start at verse 3. And Abraham rose up early in the morning, and he saddled his ass and took two of his young men with him, and Isaac his son, and clave the wood for the burnt offering rose up and went unto the place of which God had told him. Then on the third day, Abraham lifted up his eyes and saw the place afar off. And Abraham said unto his young men, abide ye here with, not with the donkey. I just, can't, I just can't say that. I said it once and it cringed my spirit. And I and the lad will go yonder and worship and come again to you. And Abraham took the wood of the burnt offering and laid it upon Isaac, his son. And he took the fire in his hand and a knife, and they went both of them together. And Isaac spake unto Abraham, his father, and said, My father. And he said, Here I am, my son. And he said, Behold the fire and the wood. But where is the lamb? for the burnt offering. And Abraham said, My son, God will provide himself a lamb for a burnt offering. So they went both of them together. And they came to the place where God had told him of. And Abraham built an altar there. So we say he built an altar there. And laid the wood in order and bound Isaac his son and laid him on the altar upon the wood. And Abraham stretched forth his hand and took the knife to slay his son. And the angel of the Lord called unto him out of heaven and said, Abraham, Abraham. He said, here I am. I've never been so glad to hear the angel speak. And he said, Lay not thine hand upon the lad, neither do thou anything unto him. For now I know, somebody say, For now I know that thou fearest God, seeing thou hast not withheld thy son, thine only son, from me. And Abraham lifted up his eyes and looked, and behold, behind him a ram caught in a thicket by his thorns. And Abraham went and took the ram and offered him 
up for a burnt offering in the stead of his son. And Abraham called the name of that place Jehovah Jireh, as it is said to this day, in the mount of the Lord shall be seen. Amen. What a story. On this first Sunday of 2023, New Year's Day, I want to preach to you on this subject this morning, the power of the altar. The power of the altar. Amen. Why don't we lay our Bibles down for a moment, lift our hands unto the Lord. Right where you're at, just ask the Lord to speak to you. Lord, I need you this morning. Come on. I need you to speak to me, God. Speak to my life. Speak to my situation, Lord. Utter your voice in this house. God, I pray let there be a prophetic utterance in this house, I pray. Lord, I pray that you would unction me, Lord, into a vein of the anointing that would lead me straight, God, to the heart, Lord, of this people and of this service and of your purpose. God, I pray that you would give us eyes to see and ears to hear and hearts that would be understanding of your word. God, take us beyond ourselves today, Lord, and show us those wondrous things that you have written in your word. Let there be revelation, and we'll give you all the praise in Jesus' precious name. Amen. Clap your hands one more time. You can be seated in the presence of the Lord. The power of the altar. Elbow your neighbor and tell him the power of the altar. What is an altar? We, we have heard it talked about, I know for those of us who grew up in Sunday school, uh, we've heard it talked about a lot in the church. Uh, we've heard it read about in scripture. Um, those of us who have don't have a lot of experience in the church may not truly understand the altar or the purpose or significance of the altar. Uh, but what if you ask yourself this morning, what is an altar? Have you ever thought about it? What, what does it mean? What, what is an altar? Ask your neighbor, elbow him, say, what is, what is an altar? The altar in the Old Testament was the, in the temple or the tabernacle was the brazen altar. There was an altar. Uh, as soon as you entered into the outer court through the gate from the outer court into the inner court, there was an altar. Was a, it was called the brazen altar. Somebody say, it was the altar. It was the altar of sacrifice. It was, it was the altar, the brazen altar was the altar of death. Somebody say death. It was the place where they would do the burnt offerings. It was the place where they would bring the rams and the, they would bring the lambs and they would bring the bullocks and, and, and they would do this, make a sin offering unto the Lord. Amen. The high priest would take the offering of the atonement. He would take that lamb, that spotless lamb. How many know it was a spotless lamb? It was without blemish and without spot. It was a, a perfect lamb. Amen. They couldn't give any God anything less than the best of what they had. Come on. He deserved the best. Somebody say he deserves the best. 
they would take that lamb and they would kill the lamb and they would offer the lamb up on the altar as a sin offering unto the Lord. Amen. It was given unto God as a replacement. Amen. It was given as a replacement for us. Come on, how many know that it was given as a replacement? How many know at the altar, one thing would die so that another thing could live? Amen. It's a concept all through Scripture. And in order to understand the, the power of the altar, we have to understand that basic concept of the altar. Amen. The word altar, it, it speaks of sacrifice. Somebody say sacrifice. The altar is where, somebody say, one thing dies so that another thing can live. Amen. That's an important concept in Scripture. Amen. And in living for God. Amen. Our generation's meaning of the word sacrifice is not God's idea of sacrifice. How I many know that's true? Giving the Lord, the world kind of has a, an idea of what sacrifice is. Man, and when, when, when the worldly church speaks of sacrifice, they think of giving God something that he requires. Okay? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give God something he requires, which that in and of itself is right. Amen. It's, it, there are a lot of things that God requires and wants us to give him. Amen. But the, the heart with which we do it has everything to do with what we give. Amen. How many know that if you give God what he requires simply because he requires it, there will be a moment where it becomes a ritual. It will become a routine. Amen. It'll become a tradition. Amen. And how many know that anything done out of tradition is not have your heart in it? Come on, anything done out of routine, you're just going through the motions and doing what we typically do. Come on, how many know that uh, there's people this morning all over our nation, all over the world that are in churches all over this world, amen, and they're giving God what he's required, but there's no heartfelt worship in it, amen. How many know that when we're bringing something to God in sacrifice, it has to be something of value? Sacrifice is the giving of something of value, something that, that, that means something. Somebody say it means something. It's not just giving God what he requires out of duty. Come on. But with a heartfelt worship unto God, amen, giving God something that we know is valuable to us, Amen. And in turn, understanding that true sacrifice is heartfelt. Amen. It is, it, it is, it is putting yourself down. It is putting your, your wants and your desires and your needs on the back burner and giving God what he wants instead of what you want. Come on, somebody. Uh, sacrifice, trying to preach sacrifice to a generation that has everything that they've ever wanted is hard. Amen. Because we can give God a lot of things that he's not asking for. 
Amen. We can give God a lot of things that we think might be pleasing to God, but if it's not, if it's not really valuable to us, and if it doesn't have our heart, come on somebody, if it's not something that has a lot of influence in our lives, if it's not something that really impacts us, amen, it's not going to really have any bearing on our life. Amen. It's not really going to make any change. Amen. We, if you have a, a million dollars in the bank and, and you come, I'm just saying money. I'm not talking about money today, but I'm just saying if you give a thousand dollars out of a million, that's not really a lot. But if you gave a million out of a million, come on, then that would be significant. I'm just trying to draw a parallel here. That would be something that was very impactful. That would be hard to do. That would be something that would be hard to give. That would be something that would be hard to walk away from. Amen. You would be walking up to the to the to the plate and you'd be like, warring with yourself, right? Was that really the voice of God? Did God did God really ask me to do this? Amen. Does God really require this of me the whole time trying to talk yourself out of what you feel like to give? Amen. Because when there, when some, when God asks you to give something or to give up something that's really important to you, amen, it takes faith to do it. Come on. It takes faith to give what God is asking for. Somebody say amen. Our willingness to sacrifice is an indication of our devotion and our love for God. Sacrifice is giving something that has value to us or something that you really, really care about. It's at the altar. Come on. It's at the altar that we begin to understand the difference between what we care about and what God cares about. Come on. It's at the altar that where I begin to be transformed by giving him what he's asking for so he can replace it with what he has for me. Come on, somebody. Anytime God ever asks you for something or to place something on the altar, there's something that he wants to put in its place. Anytime that God is requiring of us a sacrifice, it's not merely because he wants what we have or he wants to dictate our lives. It's because that thing that we're holding on to is getting in the way of something that he wants to replace it with. Can I preach to you this morning? Come on, can I preach to you this morning? Somebody say amen. Clap your hands to the Lord this morning, for he's worthy. There's a little bit of a lull this morning, a little bit of a, a tiredness, I feel. Everybody stayed up past midnight last night. If you didn't stay up past midnight, raise your hand. All right. Now, I'm going to require some amens. Everybody else is tired. I'm going to give them a pass, but not you. You got your rest. Elbow your neighbor and tell them, quit sitting on your hands. Come on, we need to respond this morning. When God asks us for something, there's something he wants to replace it with. God doesn't take our stuff to just take our stuff. 
He doesn't just ask us for something just because he, he he's, he's, he's wanting us to give him our stuff. He wants to replace it with something that he has. Amen. He wants to give us something that he values. He wants to give us a revelation and an understanding of how he operates and what's important to him. And I want to tell you this morning, it's at the altar, come on, where we begin to understand what God values. It's at the altar where the stuff that we have all of a sudden becomes less significant to us. And what God has becomes more significant to us. I don't know about you, but I feel like we need a revival in this generation of, of what is important to God, of what God values, of what we a desire to have a dream that God wants for us, a desire to have the things that only God wants for us. Can somebody say amen? Amen. God has things that he wants to give us. Somebody say he has something he wants to give you. There's other things that are getting in the way. The Bible says that without faith, it's impossible to please God. You can't please God without exercising faith. Faith is required in pleasing God. For he that comes to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. Amen. He's a rewarder of them. Somebody say of them. I want to be part of the them that diligently seek him. If you look up the concept of someone that diligently seeks God, they are diligently searching to find out what's important to the Lord. They are diligently seeking to find out what's pleasing in his eyes. They are diligently seeking what's the plan of God for my life. Come on, what's the purpose of the Lord for my life? And I want to tell you this morning, in order to get to that place, you're going to have to exercise faith in God. Somebody say amen. Faith is, hear me, what is faith? It's the substance of things hoped for, hope for, the evidence of things not seen. Okay? So faith is trusting in what you can't see to bring about the desired result of what you want. It's the things that you can't see that's going to give you what you need. Okay? It's the things that we don't see with our natural eyes that's going to give us exactly what's going to make our lives happy and fulfilled. All right? The way we put our trust in what we can't see. I want you to hear this. This is good. Somebody say this is going to be good. The way we put our trust in what we can't see is by laying what we can see on the altar. Let that sink in for a minute. Faith is we're putting our trust in what we can't see. Right? What we can't, what's really not tangible to our flesh. What really doesn't seem to be significant to my fleshly life. Amen. But in order to prove that 
I have faith in God, God is going to ask me to place what I can see on the altar. Because then and only then does he know. Come on. God said, now I know that you fear God. Then and only then does he know that you truly trust him. Amen. Because as long as you're holding on to what you can see. Come on. As long as you're holding on and, and you're valuing what you can see. As long as that's the most important thing in your life. You're never going to find the purpose of God for your life. It's not, doesn't take faith to hold on to what I can see. Come on, somebody. In fact, it's the opposite. When I hold on to what I can see, when I value everything that I can see, I'm not looking to God. I'm looking to those things to fulfill my life. But those things in and of themselves can't fulfill my life. That's why he said, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added because all these things are an accessory to your life. God's not an accessory to your life. He is life. Amen. And when we, we begin to understand that I got to put God and what he wants and what he values of number one priority in my life, it's got to become my main focus. It's got to become my main desire. And when it does, God will fulfill every area of my life. It's not how the world sees things. It's opposite. Somebody say it's upside down. That's why he said in 2 Corinthians 4, he said, while we look not at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. What he said, when we look not to, it means that we're not, we're not looking to them. We're not focusing on them. We don't focus on the things that we can see. We focus on the things that we can't see. For the things which are seen or the things that you can see with your natural eye, they're temporal. Amen. That means they're temporary. They're only here for a moment. They're here today and they're gone tomorrow. Amen. They're temporary. They have an expiration date. They're going to give out. Oh, come on. They're going to fail. Amen. But the things which are not seen are eternal. Come on. They are eternal things with God in heaven. The things which are not seen, they, they have the power to hold you up. They have the power to give you a foundation of a life that will not fail and a life that will not fall through. Somebody say amen. If we build our house upon the rock, when that storm comes and the rain comes, that house will stand. But if we build our house upon the sand, it's movable. It'll change with the weather. Then that house that we're building on things which are seen, it will fold, it will fail, and it will collapse. Somebody say amen. Elbow your neighbor and tell them it's not going to last. Here's another principle we need to understand. When you put your faith in the unseen, hear me, is everybody still with me? When you put your faith in God and his ability to do for you and give you what you need, am I preaching to anybody? That you're trusting what's beyond the altar rather than what's on the altar. When you value the things which you can see. Now, let's just slow down for a minute. 
what are some things that we can see? What are some things that we can see that we hold on to? We trust Him. Stuff. Right? When, when they were looking for Saul to, to, to make him king, he was, he was hidden amongst the stuff. Read it. That's what it says. He was lost in the stuff. What stuff? It's just, it's just, you better have just a bunch of stuff. Somebody said money, right? What else? What are some things that we look to? When you look to something, you draw from that thing. That's what you get your your fulfillment from. That's what you look to when you're down. That's what you pull on when you're struggling. Come on. That's what you look to when when, when you have situations that come up that, that, that you don't know how to handle. Come on, somebody. Some of us rely on people. We rely on our spouses. Amen. We rely on that relationship to get us through when that relation in and of itself is just an accessory. It should not be the main focus. Come on, somebody. If your focus is not on God and you think your relationship with your husband or your wife or your boyfriend or your girlfriend is going to get you through, you're, you're deceived. Amen, because a threefold cord is not easily broken, meaning I'm, I'm going to have a relationship with my wife, but I'm going to wrap God up in the middle of it. And when I do that, it will not be easily broken. But me and my wife in and of ourselves can be snapped in a moment. Come on, somebody. Amen, some of us, we hold on to our things. Amen, we, we, we find security in our bank accounts or in our houses, or in our cars, or, or in our toys. Man, our fishing poles, and our bows. <laughs> I had to mention it, I'm a, I'm a hunter. I'm not much of a fisherman, but I like to hunt. Amen, we find our, uh, our, our comfort in things that we can see. Let me know I'm speaking the truth this morning. What is it this morning that that you pull from? What is it that you look to? Amen. Is it is it natural things? Is it is it an addiction? Come on. Is it sex? Come on, somebody. Is it entertainment? Is it fulfilling your 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 fleshly desires? Come on, I know it's hard to, to, to hear this on the first Sunday of the new year, but I believe that God wants to bring change to our lives. And in order for him to bring change to our lives, we have to understand what's important to him. Amen. Anything that, that, that I hold dear, that I look to, I value that thing more than what's beyond the altar. Amen. I don't value what God has for me. Amen. Because I'm holding on to something that's taking his place. Come on. There has to be a time in our lives where we get tired of uh, uh, not getting what we need and not having fulfillment and not really understanding the call of God in our lives. In order to get to the place where we can receive what God has for us, we got to be willing to lay everything that we are, everything that we have, everything that we have for our future on the altar. Somebody say 
said, I beseech you, brother, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. And be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that ye may know what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. If you want to know God's will for your life and his purpose, you got to lay yourself on the altar and you got to begin to find out what's important to him and lay down what's important to you. Amen. Transform. Somebody say transform. By the renewing of your mind. Of the thought process. Of what's important to you. What you value in your life. What's most important to your life right now? Come on, what, what is it? What's most important? What stands out is that thing that, that you pull on and you look to. Come on, if God's not at the center, you need to make a change. Amen. If God's not at the center, it's going to come crashing down. If God's not at the center, it's going to fall through and it's going to leave you hopeless and empty. Amen. There needs to be a reorganization and a restructuring of priorities for 2023 where I understand if it's important to me and it's above God, it's gone on the altar because I value what's beyond the altar more than I value the thing that God has asked me to place there. If we value what we have, I want you to hear me this morning. If we value what we have, more than we value God's plan for our lives. We will hold on to it. We will protect it. And we will cherish it. Amen. And anything that we hold as a priority above God's will for our life has become God to us. So I ask you this, I know this is rough. It's me too. If we ask ourselves this morning, is there anything God can ask me for that I wouldn't be willing to give him? Is there anything God can ask me for in 2023? that I wouldn't be able to lay on that altar. It's at the altar where lives are changed. Amen. It's at the altar where hearts are changed. It's at the altar where we, we begin to get revelation of God's plan for our lives. When we begin to take on what God values above what we value, we get an understanding of God that we never had before. God told Abraham, I want you to, I want you to take Isaac and I want you to go to yonder mountain, Mount Moriah. And I want you to sacrifice him there. I want you to take your son, your only son. And if you know the life of Abraham, you know the struggle 
that he went through of faith to get that son. Come on, you know the years that he waited for that son. Amen. He even tried to make one in place of that son. Come on, we talked about it a couple weeks ago. But uh, it, it took Abraham years for the plan and the purpose of God to be fulfilled in his life in Isaac. And now he's asked Abraham for Isaac. Okay, now, now a lot of people look at this and they think, man, why would God do that? Why would God ask him for Isaac? Amen. Isaac was the promise. Isaac was the fulfillment of the prophetic word that God had given him years uh, before that when he asked him to leave the land and his kindred and his country and everything that he's familiar with. Go into a land that I'm going to show you and your seed will be like the sand on the seashore and the stars of heaven. Amen. Through your seed shall all the nations of the world be blessed. Amen. Through the prophetic word that God gave uh, Abraham, Isaac was the fulfillment of that promise. And now God's asking him to lay Isaac on the altar. Seems like it's counterproductive, doesn't it? Amen. But even sometimes we can get caught up in the promise. And we, be, we can begin to value the promise above the word of God in our life. We can. We can begin to value what we think God gave us and the things that we have greater than what we value God. Come on. And so when he took him to... Mount Moriah, Abraham had every intention of fulfilling the word of God in his life. So we say, amen. He did as God commanded. He went to the mount. He took with him the wood and everything to build the altar, to make an altar, and to, to sacrifice the fire. And he brought, brought Isaac with him. Amen. And as they're heading up the mountain, Isaac knew what sacrifice was. Man, this is not the first altar that Abraham had built. Abraham had built altars before. Isaac was accustomed to his daddy building altars. Man, he understood that there needed to be a sacrifice. And he looks around and he starts to come to a realization. Dad? Where's the sacrifice? Where's the lamb? Where's the lamb that we, we usually, we forgot the lamb. How are we going to sacrifice without the lamb? Has any of you ever had your kids ask you questions that you didn't want to answer? <laughs> and the, the famous answer is the Lord will provide. Amen. <laughs> the Lord will provide don't know what to say, just say, let me give you some advice for your children. When you don't know what to say, just say, the Lord will provide. Every question. Amen. Isaac began to ask questions to his dad that he didn't know how to answer. He's just like, the Lord will provide a lamb for himself. Right? Because he believed that uh, Isaac being the promise that he, he's going to take him, he's going to do what he commanded, but even if he killed him, he believed that he would raise him back up. Amen. To be the fulfillment of the promise that he had given him years ago. Amen. The faith that Abraham had in sacrificing Isaac is that he believed what was beyond the altar, what was, gr was greater than what he had asked 
asked him to lay on the altar. Come on, somebody. Amen. We can value a lot of things in our lives. We can look to them. We can pull on it. It can have influence over us. It can guide us and lead us. Amen. But when there will come a time in our lives when there is a conflict with what is important to us and what's important to God. And I want to tell you, I don't care what it is in your world. It can never become more important than God is in your life. If, if, if it becomes more important than what God is in your life, it's in danger of the altar. He says, uh, all right, let's build the altar. Makes the, lays him on the wood, binds him, ties him up. I can imagine Isaac's face as Abraham reaches for that knife to kill his son. Dad? What are you doing? Dad? Hold on a minute. Let's talk about this. Amen. Let's, 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 let's rationalize this. Let's talk about this. You're not thinking clearly. Right? Has it God ever, have you, have you, has God ever asked you to sacrifice something that you tried to talk yourself out of? Amen. You know, the altar that was built, the brazen altar, it was built with horns on the edge of the altar so they could tie the sacrifice down. Amen, because the living sacrifice is always trying to crawl off the altar. It's always trying to get off. It's always trying to save its life. It's always trying to preserve its life. It's always trying to preserve what it has. It's always trying to get out from underneath of having to give it up. It's always trying to figure out a different way other than sacrificing or suffering. Come on, somebody. It's always trying to figure out a different way other than giving it to God. It's always trying to rationalize it or find a voice or an influence in their life that'll tell you that it's all right so you can hold on to it. Come on, somebody. Uh, there's a lot of voices out there that'll tell you that you can hold on to it. But I want to tell you this morning, the only thing that's going to be fulfilling is when you fulfill the commandment of the Lord in your life and you lay that thing on the altar and you kill it before the Lord and you say, God, I believe that what's beyond the altar is greater than what I'm sacrificing. There's fulfillment beyond the altar. There is peace beyond the altar. Come on. There's a anointing beyond the altar. There are, there's forgiveness and healing beyond the altar. But that stuff will not come if we're not willing to visit the altar and get and lay on that altar what God is asking us for. I want to tell you this morning, there needs to be a shift in our lives. God wants to bring about change in our world. Clap your hands to the Lord. He's worthy wants to bring change. He wants to bring change. Somebody say change. Is anybody in need of change? If it's not working, you need change. If God's not the center, you need change. Come on, somebody. He laid him on the altar and he had his mind made up he's going to do what God asked him to moment that he was getting ready to do it, the angel stopped him. He said, don't touch him. Now I know. Now I know that you fear God. Now I know that you value what God values. Come on. 
And when he did that, he looked behind him and there was a ram in the thicket. Amen. Imagine if you were Isaac. You're bound. You have no way out. Daddy's getting ready to sacrifice you on the altar. And all of a sudden, an angel steps in. He says, hold on a minute. Don't do that. There's a ram. I can see Isaac. Oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, oh, no. Come on. What the ram did for Isaac, Jesus did for us. of a sudden, Abraham got a revelation of the plan and the purpose. How many know that Jesus said, Abraham saw my day and rejoiced. Abraham saw my day and he rejoiced in what God was going to do. He gave him a revelation of his plan and his purpose through Isaac by his willingness to lay Isaac on the altar. I want to tell you, there are things God wants to show you, but there's stuff that's in the way. you got to be willing to lay it on the altar. Get it out of the way so God can reveal his plan and his purpose for your life. Revelation. When you sacrifice unto the Lord, it's filled with revelation. Somebody say it's filled with revelation. Amen. It is filled with revelation. Amen. How many know that Jesus laid his life down for us? Amen. He stood in our place. He cut us free off of that altar of death. Amen. He took those nails through his wrists and through his feet. And he took that crown of thorns and all those stripes upon his back. He did that for us. He didn't do that for him. He sacrificed the only life that he had for us. And I want to tell you, it's the sacrifice of that life that gives us an opportunity for life. Somebody say amen. It's the sacrifice of Jesus Christ that opened the door for life for all of humanity. God's trying to give us life. You know, that's what it's all about. He's trying to give us life. He's fighting with us, trying to give us what truly we long for. But the more that we look to the things that we see, we turn away from the life that God has for us. Come on. He said, I want you to hear the scripture. Jesus said, whoever saves his life shall lose it. And it's quiet. Somebody say amen. Whoever, somebody say whoever. What's that mean? There's no name put to it, whoever. It's, it's, a, it's a universal term it's for everybody. That means it doesn't matter who I am. It doesn't matter what my name is or how what high, highly I think of myself. If I try to save my life, I'm going to lose it. And whoever loses 
his life. For my sake, the same shall. Okay. So there's a lot of preaching going on out there that says, well, Jesus did it, so I don't have to. No, that's false. Jesus did it so that I can. Right? He did it to empower us, to give us a transformed life. How many know life is in Jesus Christ? True life is in the Spirit of God. Amen. How many know that it's the true life that brings fulfillment? It's the life of God that brings eternal life to us. Okay, so I have a life. Somebody say, I have a life. Does everybody have a life? There, there, is, there are two lives for you. There's a, there's a life that I want. There's a life that I have in my, within myself that, that I have a plan, I have a will, I have a purpose, what I want to fulfill, what I want to do, where I want to go, who I want to be. Somebody say amen. That's in every one of us. But then there's also another life that is in God. Amen that is for us, a life separate from the other life. Come on, somebody. As long as I attempt to preserve what I want, what I have, what I dream, come on, what I desire to become, as long as I have that, I'm chasing after that. That life that God has for me is lost. The only way that I can find that life is to lose this one. Hence, the altar of sacrifice. The altar is where we lay our lives down so that we can take up his life. You can't have it without that. You can't have it without that. There has to be a transition. Come on. There has to be a, a, a shift of power. There has to be a, a revelation and a realization that the way that I'm doing it and the way that I want to do it is not the way that God wants to do it. In order me, for me to fulfill the purpose and the will of God in my life is I got to lay down me and I got to take up him. Come on, somebody. I got to quit fighting against the life that he has for me. I got to lay down what I want, what I see. Come on, what I desire. And I got to have a willingness to, 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 to kill it on the altar. Amen. And take up the plan and the purpose and the will of God that he has for my life. Stand with me all around the building. saves his life shall lose it. What's it mean when you when you save something? 
saving his life. He's, he's protecting his life. He's guarding his life. He's cherishing his life. He's, this is what I want. This is what I'm going to do. You know what? I'll give God my money, but I'm not giving him this. You know, I'll, I'll give God this, this thing that don't mean anything, but, but what he really wants is he wants your life. Because the only way that he can give you what he has is if you lay down what you have. Somebody say amen. Twenty twenty three, I believe, is going to be a year of change. I believe that there are things that are going to shift in our families, in our community. Come on, in our in our minds, in our hearts, in our bodies, I believe that there's going to be a shift. God's wanting to give us things. He's wanting to release things to us that we haven't not we have not yet received. How many believe that? But I ask you this morning, what's getting in the way? What is it that is blocking the plan and the fulfillment of the word of God in your life. What is it? Is there anything? Is there anything in your world that God's been asking you for? And God's trying to get it out of the way because he has something better for you. But you continue to hold on to that thing with dear life. Because you've always been this way and you've always done it this way. This is the way you've always thought. This is what you've always had. And this is the way that I've always lived my life. God's wanting to change you. I want to tell you the door to healing and to restoration is always through the altar. The things that he wants to free us from is going to happen in the revelations that we need to get us through, to break us through, it's going to happen in the altar. It's going to happen in a place where we lay down our way of thinking. Come on, church. We lay down our desires and we begin to take on the mind and the desire and the heart of God in the altar. Then and only then will we know true peace and the call of God, the anointing of the Lord upon our why don't we lift our hands to the Lord this morning just begin to pull on the presence of God right now God I love you today Lord I need you in my life God Lord I need change I need change in my home I need change Lord in my in my marriage I need change in my relationships I need change Lord in my finances God I need change God Lord, in my heart in my mind in my thought life God I need change Lord in my family I need change in my children. Come on, who would be willing to crawl out of your seat this morning and crawl into this altar of sacrifice and say, God, whatever it is, I need change, Lord. I'll lay it down. I don't value anything over the call of God in my life. I don't value anything over your word for my life, God. I I'm going to value that which is beyond the altar and not what you've asked me to put on it, Lord. Everything that I have is
is yours. Everything that I have control over, I give to you, Lord. I lay down the breath in my lungs, Lord. The thoughts of my mind, the strength of my body, Lord. My intellect, God, my will, I put it on the altar this morning. And I pray, God, that you would change my heart, change my the trajectory of my life, change my path. Come on, change my world. Change my family. Come on, the path to healing and restoration in your family begins with you. Come on, I'm not going to let it be held back. Not one more day. I'm going to let it go. I'm going to lay it on the altar. In fact, I'm going to kill it on the altar. I'm not going to let anything separate me from the call of God and eternal life. I'm not going to let anything separate me from the love of God that's in Christ Jesus. Come on, let your heart pray right now. Let your heart pray. God, I give it to you. Oh. 
Oh,
let your voice out. Just begin to worship him. Pray to him. Lift your heart in praise and adoration. Thanks again for listening to the Anchor Church of Cambridge podcast. If you enjoyed it, make sure you subscribe so you can keep up with our weekly sermons. If you are in the Cambridge area, we invite you to join us on Sundays at 11 a.m. Again, thanks for listening and we hope to see you soon.